Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, hey there, Colin. What's happening? Well, it's week two of college football. That's true. Missouri is uh, going to Lexington, Kentucky this week to take on the vaunted Kentucky Wildcats. It's hard for me to say that, but... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Well, if you listen to Paul Feinbaum and the rest of the SEC media, they are a unstoppable juggernaut of football. Well, I'll tell you something, Colin. Coach Eli Drinkwitz had a press conference yesterday, and it did not instill a lot of confidence in me. I don't. Did you catch any of this? Uh, just bits and pieces. You know, one part where he basically talked about how much miserable, miserable improvement they needed. There's so much. The biggest room in the house was the room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk like that and saying that uh, a loss in week two isn't going to end anybody's season. It just felt as if maybe he was trying to prepare the Tiger audience for a likely loss. Now, that's the sp- cynic in me listening to this. But didn't it kind of have a sort of a an apologist I, I, I don't know. That sounds too harsh, but I'm saying it, it sounds like he's not prepping. You know, I, I don't know. I'm rambling, but the coach, a lot of times I understand will try to play up their opponents in the, mm-hmm. but this didn't feel like that to me. I don't know about you. I, uh, I didn't love it, but I do hold out some hope that Drinkowitz is just a, he's a cagey enough fellow that he's like, Oh, we're better than we were last week. I know we are. We did, you know, we, I had stuff hidden, didn't use playbook. That's why you saw, 14 screen passes on third down and like i'm gonna break it all out we're gonna whip kentucky's ass and i don't want you guys to know it so you guys will bow at my altar when we beat them yeah i mean so I, I sometimes i i just I'm, I'm hoping it's a savvy pr move in his point like oh i want everybody to think we're gonna lose and then when we whip them everybody will be like man eli drinkwitz is the schnip snap just nizzle bam schnip I think everybody will say that if that happens. And, and I hope you're right. I mean, I certainly think if anybody as a coach is capable of gamesmanship, I think Eli Drinkwitz is the guy. But the, the, there's always the pessimist in me as a Mizzou fan that thinks Eli Drinkwitz went home, started looking at game film, started putting red marks on anything he thought didn't go right. And his uh, worksheet was full of red ink. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. He would, got the end of the tape went, oof, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's my yeah, fear. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like it, we won't know until Saturday or Sunday, but I, I, I don't know what I expected. I didn't want him to go out and be like, we're going to whip this shit out of Kentucky. Obviously he's not going to say that, but anyway, I, I don't know. I mean, Kentucky played well in its first game, but we also know it was playing to a weak competition. So we don't really know the answer. We don't know how good or bad Central Michigan was. It's just going to be such a telling game. And I don't know if we, if we don't win this game, Colin, how will you feel looking at the rest of this season? Well, I agree with Drinkowitz in that it wouldn't be season ending. I think we are a young team and there is, there's always room for improvement. Certainly the South Carolinas and the Tennessees, the world are not, you know, scary. 
I think Kentucky is that teetering game, which tells us, are we third in the East or are we in a dogfight for the rest? You know what I mean? With the South Carolinas and with the Tennessees, you know, where are we? Are we nipping at the heels of the Floridas and the Georgias or are we, you know, middling and uh, fighting for a fourth place with, you know, the rest of the SEC East. And so, you know, I, I think this game is really, it's, it's the top of the second tier. That's, that's what we're fighting for. Yeah. Who is, I, who is in the second, who is the, who is the guy on top of the hill at the second tier? Yeah. Or the, I mean, however you want to look at it, the, the hanging on to the tails of Georgia and Florida, basically. I, I mean, I feel like the mainstream media has already determined that we are a South Carolina, Tennessee caliber team this year. And we are hanging on to the belief that we've got something growing faster than that. And we're better than that this year. But that confidence, I feel like, took a real hit list last weekend. Well, me. maybe everybody was too optimistic. I mean, I, it's certainly us. I mean, you know, this is a young team. And you, I don't know, part of the enthusiasm that builds for your football team is based on how well Drinkowitz is recruiting. But you also got to realize that those kids aren't even here yet. You know, I mean, all these big time talents and, and uh, this enthusiasm that they bring uh, really, you don't cash that check today. So it, it's, I don't know, it's why it's why recruiting is such a, oh, a mirage, really. You know, Butch Jones was a heck of a recruiter, so they say. You know what I mean? He didn't piss a drop, you know. And so we've always been skeptical of getting too high on any recruits until they're literally standing on campus. And uh, maybe we let the, the recruiting buzz bleed into our, what should be, even-handed football analysis. Uh, it's possible. And I know that there have been a lot of people I've talked to who said, you know, I'm hopeful for this season. I see a easier schedule. I see a lot of opportunities for a bowl game. But next year what is what I'm really excited about. Next year is when the Tigers drink wits era will truly begin full throated, you know, in its full capacity with his recruits here. And maybe that's True. Maybe we're just a team who's building and has young pieces who are cutting their teeth this year and they're going to take their lumps. But I don't think seven game, seven game, seven wins is an unrealistic expectation given the schedule and given the level of talent that we do still have on this team. Oh, certainly. I mean, like I said, maybe we're, um, I think we're already starting to couch expectations as we sort of hope to be Kentucky and the rest of the gang to be in our rearview mirror and us already, already in that sort of, like I said, top of the second tier, bottom of the top tier, whatever you want to call it, saying, hey, we just, we, we would like to have a nice winning record. But um, I'd be happy with that, too. You know what I mean? I think it's, it should be the least of our expectations, really. Well, focusing more directly on this game again, the thing that obviously concerns me the most is if you look at last year's game is that Kentucky does have a legitimately strong, very good defense, and we could not figure them out very well last year. We did just enough to win, and we were buoyed by the fact that they could not throw a forward pass for the last few years. And mm-hmm. apparently they have a quarterback who is capable of doing that now, at least a against low-level competition. I am sort of buoyed by our secondary performance last weekend, but if Kentucky is as good or even stronger on defense than they were last year, and if their offense is improved, that is a scary combination given the fact that we didn't clobber Kentucky in our win last year. But Well, we, and I tell you what's something I really I need to see out of the Tigers because I haven't really I don't feel like I've seen it in two fucking years, and that is let's get some turnovers. You know what I mean? The, the, mm-hmm. I feel like these games are so 
contingent on our offense, you know, marching down the field and scoring touchdowns. And we, the defense very rarely gives our offense a short field. They very, you know, they, won't, they never score. You know what I mean? There was a time, you remember in the pink Larry Brennan, where the Tigers had some sort of crazy, like 16 game streak of a turnover or something. Yeah. I remember it went on forever. And it's like, like it, for through two seasons. And it was just a given that Mizzou was going to force turnovers. Yeah. And I haven't felt like that about our defense. I can't remember when. Well, they certainly forced a lot of turnovers last weekend against Central Michigan, but we're going to see if that was a, a FCS mirage this weekend too. And I was reading the Post Dispatch this week, Colin, where uh, it said that you know some teams seem to just have the turnover gene, and others don't. You know, there's a lot of good defenses that just can't poke a fumble furry, and mm-hmm. some defenses just seem to always have a yep. guy there that po- that does it. And um, you know, hopefully, this will be one of those defenses. And Steve, yeah, Wilkes hopefully, is- yesterday last week was the start of something special. But I just I need to see more turnovers. It's sort of like. Drew Locke and uh, passing. Like, I need to see him do it against a team that isn't nobody. Yeah. And I need to see the Mizzou defense create turnovers against SEC opponents. It's, uh, you know, then like you mentioned the last two years of not getting as many turnovers or even as many sacks as we would have liked. Sure. Those kind of plays are game changers. You know, those are the kind of things that completely flip momentum and give you the opportunity to win a close game that we may have lost in the last couple of years. You know, one key turnover would have been the difference. And the upside to blitzing, you know, the blitz happy defense, gonna, it's almost impossible for them not to create some turnovers. Sometimes they're going to get to the quarterback. Sometimes they're going to strip sack somebody. Uh, sometimes they're going to hit a running back right as the handoff's happening and force a fumble. But it's, you know, it's give and it's take. You know, you also can get badly burned blitzing if a quarterback can pick it up and makes a good read. I'm honestly surprised more teams don't blitz at the college level just because the level of quarterbacks is not that good. You know, the Patrick Mahomeses of the world will just destroy you if you try to blitz them. But there's not a lot of Patrick Mahomes floating around the uh, the college ranks. Well, and as you mentioned uh, last week's show, you know, a lot of college coaches seem to be afraid to use the middle of the field and you know without the blitz happening they're still afraid of the middle of the field and so that only makes the blitz a more appetizing option knowing that they're taking that out of the out of the playbook for a lot of teams yeah they just they're just afraid of those interceptions i guess i'm going to do as an intercept you know you start throwing in the middle of the field there's traffics the ball gets bounced in the air and it turns into turnovers but uh, you know what also turns into turnovers is four and outs or three and outs i mean you know when you can't complete a pass at the hashes and you also anyway it's a I don't know. It's, yeah. I guess that's why they make lots and lots of money. It's their job to figure this shit out. I suppose so. They're 1-11 with on third downs last week. And I'll tell you, Colin, one thing that I was really waiting for last week and didn't see, and honestly, I don't think I've seen it as much as I would have liked through the entire term of Eli Drinkwitz is we didn't go to the tight end much. We hardly used mm-hmm. the tight ends. We got two experienced tight ends. One did catch a touchdown. But you look at the number of receptions, and they were underutilized once again. And this dates yeah, back to the yeah. Barry Odom era. We've got these big – I feel like we always have really big, strong tight ends, and sometimes with good hands. And we just – I mean, we use them to block, but we don't use them as much as we could, especially the way that Basilak is not a deep threat all the time. God, it would be really great to work those tight ends into the game. I feel like that's that's sort of the Mazadcast motto is use yeah. your tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like coaches are always saying that they want to get the tight ends involved. We want to get the tight ends involved. And then they never really do. I mean, you just never know. I mean, there's how much talent you have. I mean, there's plenty of tight ends that are capable of blocking, but catching them Catching a football in traffic in the middle of a SEC game is a big is a big thing. You know, it's a, not everybody can do it. Maybe 
but I feel like that Hey Kid certainly. I mean, I I, I know he's Parker, got good hands. I think is 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 more of a you're blocking tight end, but that Hey Kid has made a lot of catches over the last couple of years, and uh, I don't see why not to utilize him. Well, Colin, we're going to have Adam Spencer on from Saturday Down South, and he's going to tell us what he thought about last week's game and how it ties into our upcoming Kentucky game. I'm looking forward to that, and I think we're going to have a special guest making a few uh, gambling picks. Is that right? Is that what you understand? Is that what you saw on the docket? <laughs> I, I, Bryn, I've been in contact with Corey Fertillion. You're kidding. And, uh, Corey, Corey is uh, willing to uh, make picks if we're willing to have him on. Well, I am looking forward to that. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. And um, I, is is Corey a gambler? I didn't know that about him. Yeah, I think actually, I mean, we haven't actually spoken on the phone. It's all been via email. But um, I think he is uh, running his own book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's doing a little bookmaking change of career. Well, good, good for yeah, uh, he said uh, he said he's also making uh, high interest loans. <laughs> yeah, bookmaking and uh, payday loans. That sounds sounds like it's promising. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I can't wait. All right, oh, and Britain, you're forgetting one thing. Mm-hmm. It's Kentucky week, so there's a certain individual we're going to have to call. I think I know who you're referring to, Colin, and it's been too long. It has been too long. Well, it's been since last year, uh, Kentucky. Yeah, it is uh, Colonel Sanders, the biggest Kentucky yeah. Wildcats fan we know. So be, we can look forward to that, fans. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it now, Colin. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Going to throw it. Slant. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Don't be afraid to be great. You don't get no better than that, man. He's like wide open receiver across midfield. Still going. Missouri. Amazing. First and nine. This is the Mazad Cast. On the program with us now is Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South. Adam, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure you saw Coach Eli Drinkwitz's press conferences, his comments about the Kentucky game. Mizzou fans, I think, are a little trepidatious based on what we're hearing. It doesn't sound. It sounds like he's prepping us for a loss. Is that what you're reading, or is it gamesmanship? I mean, I think he thinks it's gamesmanship. But uh, based on the tackling that I saw in week one, I mean, this, there's a long way to go defensively, and struggling to tackle is not something that you want to be struggling with when you're facing Kentucky. I mean, they have Chris Rodriguez, who is one of the toughest guys to bring an absolutely elite offensive line. You know, something that Drinkwitz was saying on uh, during the SEC coaches press conference today. He, he said that uh, they weren't getting a lot of pressure from just their front four, which, I mean, even though they got nine sacks, I mean, three and a half of those came from Blaze Aldridge. So he was saying, you know, they were having to send extra guys, and that exposes you on the in the secondary. And uh, you know, Will Levis can spin the ball a little bit, and, uh, you know, they have some good receivers now, especially Wandale Robinson. Uh, you know, so I think that, you know, having these tackling issues is uh, really not great uh, facing off against this particular Kentucky team. What about on offense for the Tigers? I mean, obviously, Kentucky's got a damn good defense and held us in check a little bit last year, but their offense was so paltry that we managed to sneak out the win for the first time in five years. Did you see anything on Mizzou's offense last week that gives you any hope about the Kentucky game? Or what are your expectations offensively? Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not willing to uh give Kentucky as much credit as I normally would on 
defense this year. I, I think that they lost a lot of talent last year. They still have some good players. I mean, Yusuf Corker is a really good player, um, but they lost a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And I don't think they're the same. I mean, I'm I'm withholding judgment on that one just because Louisiana Monroe went zero and ten last year and didn't hold a lead at any point at all during the season, and they held the lead against Kentucky. So, you know, I, I still think uh, I still think that there's a lot that the Wildcat defense needs to prove. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, I think that central Michigan is miles better than Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm still a little worried about the offense. You know, I, I was hoping to see a lot more out of the passing game. You know, they didn't really get Mookie Cooper involved too much, uh, but he's still dealing with an injury. Uh, so I don't know if he's at 100% yet. Um, but yeah, other than Beatty, I mean, there weren't a ton of bright spots on that offense. And, um, you know, this is a big year for for Drink, Drinkwitz's offense because if, if it doesn't prove that it can score, you know, more points against non LSU defenses, um, yeah, <laughs> this is a big year for that. Back to that defense that is giving us so much concern. Do you think that what we saw, the problems with the tackling, the problems with uh, coverage, do you think that that is week one jitters, or do you think that's things that are going to be overcomable, or do you think that this is an inherent flaw in this team and that we're that we're bound to see some uh, high scores this season. You know, the one thing that I did like about the defense was that they forced, I think they had, what, three turnovers or something for Michigan. So, you know, that's great. That's really good. Uh, you know, they're already almost like a third of the way to the amount of turnovers that they forced last year. So, uh, you know, I, I like that. Uh, you know, maybe the best case scenario is. Do you remember? Do you remember some of those uh, some of those defenses from you know back in the heyday of Mizzou, where it was like it was like, oh man, like these teams are just marching down the field, but then like all of a sudden they'd string together the defense would string together three downs of good defense, or they'd force a pick. Like they were very opportunistic back in the like the early two thousand tens, and uh, you know maybe maybe that's where we get back to I, I don't know I think that that's probably the ceiling for this defense though is a bend but don't break sort of unit sure and I mean I did see that the defense steadily slowly improved over the course of the central Michigan game obviously that first drive that just drove through us like a hot knife through butter and by the fourth quarter that wasn't happening you know but obviously there were changes in the way we approached defense we uh, we blitzed a ton I assume we're going to be blitzing all season long it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to mean Every once in a while, we're going to give up a huge play, but it creates turnovers too, and, and we haven't seen many turnovers in uh, Mizzou defenses the last few years, so that's that's where we've got our fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw from uh, Caleb Evans, and uh, you know, Anus Rakestraw didn't have his best game, but I, I'm confident that he can improve. Uh, you know, he made some nice plays. It was just you know a little bit of consistency uh, there, uh, so. Yeah, I'm hoping to see more from those guys this week. You know, maybe uh, Martez Manuel can step up and make a few more plays. Devin Nicholson needs to get more involved. And then obviously, like what uh, Drinkwitz was saying this week, like they got to get pressure with their front four. So they need a big game out of Jeff Coat and uh, Kobe Whiteside. Are you concerned in any way that uh, there's like a lack of enthusiasm or energy? I mean, Drinkwitz has been beating that drum ever since fall camp, essentially, and that he wasn't thrilled with the energy they brought to camp. He's saying now that this is this team has a lot to get sorted out before they're ready to take on a Kentucky on the road. And like I said at the beginning of the interview, 
is it gamesmanship, or do you think Drinkwitz is truly concerned, and are you truly concerned about uh, where the team's at, given the talent that they've got right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm really concerned. I, I think as Mizzou fans, we are just all generally of concern. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm concerned. I, I think that, like, I hope that he thinks that it's just gamesmanship. If he's this down on his team, then what were you doing in the offseason? So given all this sort of doom and gloom coming into Saturday, what's your expectation? Do you have a pick for this game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Kentucky's going to win this game. I think that it's a bad matchup this early in the season, kind of like uh, the Tennessee one was last year, uh, where, you know, looking back, at the end of the year where Mizzou was and where Tennessee was, it was like, how, wait, how did they lose that game that badly? So, uh, you know, I, I think that this is just a, like, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the answer is uh, for, for this game, but uh, it just seems like the tackling is probably going to be a big issue. I expect a big day from Chris Rodriguez and uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think that if Mizzou is going to win, I think that it has to be Bazelag's arm and, that's where, like, that's where Drinkwitz's comments have me concerned. <laughs> you know, he hasn't been talking up to quarterback, which everybody else does. So it's a, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Kentucky to win, like, twenty-seven to twenty-one or something like that. Same as you lose this game. They're one and one with a zero and one in the SEC. What do you think that does for the season? Do you think it matters tremendously, or do you think that puts them on a, uh, on a road that they don't want to go down? Uh, I think if they lose that game, then it, then at Boston College in Week Four becomes the most important game on the schedule. Uh, you know they got to win that game at that point, or else it yeah we're going to go down a dark road this year. Uh, you know I, I had those two games, Kentucky in Week Two and Boston College in Week Four, is like the biggest games of the year. Anyway, just based on when the schedule came out and the timing of it. So yeah, I mean if they lose on Saturday, then it's all about Week Four, and if they lose in week four it's like okay well this season it's uh kind of down the drain now so uh hopefully hopefully they can prove me wrong but and, and win at kentucky but uh you know we'll see adam spencer from saturday down south thank you for joining us you can follow him on twitter and you can always see his asshole on his only fans page so thanks again <laughs> hey, thanks a lot guys we're going to kentucky we're going to the fair to see the senoritas with flowers in their hair shake it shake it shake it shake it all you can shake it like a milkshake and do the best you can oh shake it to the bottom Shake it hey, to oh, the top. Hey-oh, Madagascar fans, guess who it is? It's your old friend Corey Fatoni, long time no see, eh? So anyways, the guys in Mazakas, they come to me, they say, Corey, come make some picks for us. This cradle of the Greek guy we got doing it for us is as reliable as a 90-year-old Skadoo. So here I am, and it makes perfect sense because uh, the old uh, football career did not pan out. So I went in the Shylock business keeping a sports book, and I'm going to tell you what, I got a couple of picks for you. They're cherries. You're going to love them. So polish up your St. Christopher's medal and make some money. First off, Texas, Arkansas. Texas is only supposed to win by six and a half. Give me a break. Fuck that. Texas is definitely going to win by at least two touchdowns. So you guys going to take that action, take Corey's word for it, you're going to make money. Next, we got Vandy. We got Colorado State. Vandy lost to some fucking no-name team from nowhere by like 100 points last week. So they're going to get not going to give up more than seven points to Colorado State. Give me a break. The spread's not going to be more than seven against Colorado State. Give me a break. So definitely take Colorado State to cover that and more. So there's your two picks. Corey's glad to help. Glad to be back in the saddle again. Salute and good luck to my Tigers. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hey, you two coming? You go ahead, honey. I want to talk to these folks a little bit longer. Now, I said Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's only one way to cook Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken, and that's my way. We always use plump, young broilers, always fresh, never frozen chicken. It's cut in pieces, and each piece is dipped in milk and egg wash, then into seasoned flour, in which we have the 11 different spices and herbs for flavor. One more thing, folks. It's the only way that you're going to get chicken that is finger-licking good. And I'd be mighty proud to have you try Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mighty proud. Excuse me, Mona, will you please? <laughs> hey, look at there. Didn't I tell you it was finger-licking good? <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. If you want Kentucky Fried Chicken, you have to visit me. Joining us on the line now is a guest we've had many years. Every time we play Kentucky, it's become a bit of a tradition. Colonel Harlan Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken fame. How are you doing? I'll say, I'll say, oh, hello, boys. <laughs> hello, Colonel. Sounds like you're enthusiastic. Oh, baby, you can't believe how enthusiastic I am. I mean, the Kentucky Wildcats are playing some great football. It's the best season we've had in years. It's going to be anyways. It's going to be as flavorful and delicious as my chicken. <laughs> yeah, you're only one game deep in so far, but it was an impressive win by Kentucky. And I have to tell you, this year, as much as any, I guess Missouri fans are a little trepidatious going into this game in Lexington. Well, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say they should be. These boys are as inspired as they've been coached by Bear Bryant. And I'll tell you what, I hear Bear Bryant could inspire some people. Now, me, I'll, say, I'll, tell, you, I'll, tell, I'll tell you boys a story. Back many, many years ago, me and Dave Thomas from Wendy's fame used to run with Bear Bryant. And uh, we used to frequent many of uh, the brothels in the in the South with the all together. And uh, I say, I say, we used to have a we used to have a nickname for old Bear Bryant. We called him the the King of Maine because he was always full of crabs. <laughs> I had not heard that story, Colonel. Did did you have a nickname yourself? I did. They they called me the proctologist. Oh God, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to ask why. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. There was a lot of gravy, just like here they had KFC. <laughs> That's, that is already in a direction I didn't want to take this interview. Let me ask you directly about football. Last year, Kentucky looked pretty decent, but they didn't have a strong offense, particularly passing. It looks like the passing game is stronger this year. Are you excited about that, or what do you think is the strongest part of this Kentucky team? Oh, that I mean, they're, they're going to be fine on the passing. They're, the passing. It's uh, it's as it's as firm and as strong as an erection fueled by Viagra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sound like you speak from experience. Oh, you better believe it. I tell you what, there was a sad time. There was a there was a short time there, fellas. With our, you know, before Viagra existed, well, the, the little colonel wouldn't know a stand up at attention. <laughs> at least every time I asked him to come to attention, but uh, Viagra has changed the colonel's life, and I tell you what, it's changed the. The lives of many prostitutes. <laughs> Good Lord, Colonel. Thank the sweet Lord above for my chicken and thank you for, for Hugh Freeze and uh, Lane Kiffin because now I've got a couple more buddies now that I've lost my good friends Dave Thomas and Bell Bryant. And, uh, <laughs> we gave old Hugh Freeze a, a nickname too. We called him the Box Turtle because he eats box incredibly slowly. <laughs> <laughs> You're monitoring his, uh, his times. Well, he likes to give the ladies their cookies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I'm a more of a biscuit man myself. <laughs> we all know that about you, Colonel. Yeah. Uh, do you have a prediction for this game? Oh, boy, I say the, I say, I say the Kentucky Wildcats are definitely going to win this game. Uh, I, I would say by probably two touchdowns. 
that's my family style bucket guarantee. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a lot of herbs and spices on it if you take my meat. <laughs> okay. One last thing before I let you go, Colonel. We got a new coach here at Missouri, and his name's Eli Drinkwitz. And I didn't know if you've just ever had a chance to meet with him or uh, if you know him I at say, all. I, I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to get with him, but uh, uh, tried to invite him to one of our, uh, our nights with the ladies, but uh, he was not a taker. I promised him. I promised him all the chicken he could eat, and all the Nubian goddesses, all the all the whores asses he could he could swallow. And uh, he didn't take me up on us. Well, who doesn't like prostitutes? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess everybody theoretically likes them, but uh, not everybody's so willing to shop on the market. Well, I just think that's a that's a sad statement, boys. I I tell you what, that that breaks your colonel's heart. Yeah. Well. I hope that you'll be happy on Saturday, but not too happy because I'd like to see our Tigers get the win. I know it'll be a surprise to you if that happens, but you're an upbeat guy. I think you could take it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to celebrate or commiserate the same way. With an unwashed prostitute. I like them dirty. <laughs> well, I'm glad you come on the show, and uh, it's always good to talk to you, Colonel. All right, boys. Remember, the filthy of the better. <laughs> okay. Go Wildcats! Keep on shining Shine on the one that's gone and proved untrue Blue moon of Kentucky Keep on shining Shine on the one that's gone and left me blue It was on They've whispered on how your love has said goodbye. Blue moon well, Colin, are you any more confident after hearing all this? Well, um, the colonel didn't exactly uh, make me feel good or bad about the matchup. No, no, he didn't seem interested in the game too much. He did make me curious about some other things. <laughs> he always does. His, yeah, he's a- his lifestyle, it's amazing he's lived as long as he has. He's got to be like 127 years old now. Apparently, the fountain of youth is prostitutes. <laughs> and a healthy enthusiasm for them. <laughs> yeah, that he has. Chicken and prostitutes. God bless him. <laughs> he's a he's Kentucky. The part of having to play Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, he's a Kentucky man through and through. Well, and it was good to have Corey Fatoni back. It's been a long time since we heard from oh, him, boy. and he seemed to be in his, uh, he knew what he was doing, you know? Yeah, I missed Corey. It was, it's nice to bring him back to the show. You know, I thought maybe. As an NFL football player, he might be able to join us once in a while, but it sounds like uh, his, he took a different uh, turn in life, and uh, it seems to be working out for him. Yeah. No, I think he's a guy that's always going to land on his feet, you know? Sure. Kickers especially are good at landing on their feet. So yeah. any, anyway, Colin, uh, do you have a prediction before we head out of this uh, midweek Mazzot cast? Uh, Mizzou 27. Kentucky 24. I hope if we put up 27 points, I think we do have a chance of winning this football game. And the reason I, I think it's going to come down to a meatless kick, a thicker kicker, picker upper. <laughs> it's the safest bet they have. And I do think that if we can get a couple, if Missouri wins the turnover battle, we win. Yep. That's a, it's a big if. It is a big if, but 
It's the one part of last week's game that gave me confidence is the ability to shake the ball loose from the other squad. It's, uh, it needs to continue if the zoo's going to have a chance with this young football team. Okay, Colin, I'm ready for Saturday. All right. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Man, Eli Drinkwitz is the schnip, snap, snizzle, bam, schnip. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.